The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let brb homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to this week's podcast and this week we are coming to you live from the beautiful Ackle Island. The sun is absolutely beaming down here as we look across. Uh, what beach is that there, Paul? That is Keel Strand, and two and a half miles long. Without putting you on the spot now, do you know the name of those cliffs over there? That is Minon Cliffs. Aren't they absolutely amazing? Yeah, I had them arranged for you uh, <laughs> today to be there. It's uh, like something from a postcard. Yeah, well, it is. Absolutely, you know, and that's one of the great things about this house is the view. So this week I'm joined by the famous Paul Stenson, very famous indeed. Uh, Famous for, what would you be most well known for, being outspoken on Instagram or was there something before that? Well, I don't know if it's fame or infamy. I know, it's it's possibly the latter. Uh, Why am I well known? I guess, yeah, maybe because I speak the truth. Right, you know, because sometimes when you speak the truth in this climate, it travels very far, because we live in a society nowadays where you can't always say you sometimes betray your inner feelings to suit the agenda of society. But I kind of go a bit against that, and if I want to say something, I'll just say it, and you know that can be perceived as controversial but I perceive it as honest. So, yeah, you'll probably know me from The White Moose. The White Moose is a cafe in Dublin. It is, yeah. We have four cafes now in Dublin. So, White Moose Cafe in Fibsborough, Moose on the Loose Finglas, Moose on the Loose Tala, 
and Moose on the Loose Glass Nevin. I'll tell you where I came across you first. Mm. I came across you uh, replying to reviews. Mm-hmm. So somebody would come into the cafe and leave a review mm-hmm. and then you would challenge them on that review mm-hmm. and that would go viral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, that, that I suppose fits into the same narrative of what I've just said, you know. Yeah. Like, I suppose in the hospitality industry, traditionally it's a kind of a, a, a bowing and nodding and genuflecting and smiling and, you know, you're warm and you're hospitable. Uh, but And the customer is always right and the customer is king. But, you know, I use logic when it comes to customer complaints as opposed to treating them as always right or, or treating them as king. So if some if a customer is wrong, I'll let them know they're wrong. And uh, that could come in the form of a TripAdvisor reply, a reply to a... a, a what I would view as um, a vex- vexatious or maybe fake review, I will challenge. So it, it has garnered publicity in the past when somebody has written something. Can you give uh, us an example of one that stands out in your mind? One um, that you challenged? So there is one that uh, I suppose the biggest one would be a certain female who uh, work, worked for a radio station in Dublin who shall remain nameless. And so she landed in with her uh, crew of buddies in their, you know, their um, their Jeeps, their branded Jeeps with her soft shell branded jacket. And, and that was fine. And I knew I knew her. I knew some of her colleagues that day. And I, how are you doing? Let's say Mick. And how are you doing, Dave? And whatever it was. But this one kind of, I got a sense. I'm a fairly good judge of character. And I'm, I'm, I'm. I've fairly good intuition and I've a good feeling and I always follow my gut. And so this girl landed in and long blonde hair, the hair flick came. This was the first thing I saw, the hair flick, you know. So I thought, okay, right, this is going to be interesting. So anyway, so hello, how are you? You know, I, Jason, my ex-partner and I would, Jason hugged everybody. He'd hug somebody in the street that he never met in his life. (laughs) So that kind of rubbed off on me and I would hug, I started to hug people. As well. So Jason and I both hugged this crew of people. And then this girl, we went in for the hug and it was the most cold, kind of wet fish, handshake-esque hug you'll ever come across. And we knew there was something going to, something was up. So anyway, they had their food. And she ordered a club sandwich. But she didn't want it on the three-tier bread that we would that is the standard. That is what a club sandwich should be. She said, can I have a club sandwich, but on ciabatta bread? Okay. So we, of course, said, yeah, no problem, grand. Which makes it not a club sandwich at exactly. all. Exactly. It's a ciabatta. Yeah. So, but I mean, the, the price doesn't change. We're not going to, you know, reduce the price because it's served according to a customer's standards and not ours. You know, the club sandwich is mm-hmm. always served the way we serve it. So she went and put up a photo of this thing saying something along the lines of uh, nine euro for this is supposed to be a club sandwich, nine euro for that. Um, it's it's the taste was nearly as bad as the appearance. So I said, well, hang on a minute. It didn't appear like that because you, we wanted it to appear like that. It, it appeared. So she had left at this stage. Oh, she'd gone, yeah. yeah. But it was all nice, nicey, nicey and, you know, uh, leaving. But, you know, I actually went and I did a, a story on my Snapchat at the time with these guys because they were from a, a Dublin radio station. And Did uh, they pay for the food? 
They did, but with the discount that we give friends and family. So a 15% discount. Right. Right. Of course, that was left out of the review as well, obviously. So they paid for the food, off they went, but it was all very kind of... uh, I put up the two lads on my story, on my Snapchat story, and then I wanted to put her up, and it was like, oh, no, sorry, I don't do social media, you know, and I'm thinking, right, there's something very... Sorry, I did put her up, and then afterwards she said, sorry, can you take that down? I don't really do social media. And here am I thinking, wow, this is somebody who works in marketing who is afraid of being on social media. And I'm thinking, there's something, there's some shit going down here now. <laughs> so anyway, so that was that. About two weeks later, this review appeared. And it was a picture of this ciabatta that was supposed to be a club sandwich. And... I can't, this was years ago, so I can't remember the complete ins and outs of her complaint. But it was basically that it, it, it for nine euro, look at what I'm getting. And my reply was kind of along the lines of, well, look, you know, this isn't our design. This is your DIY sandwich. So wh- why are you criticizing something you designed? Yeah. And, and passing it off as our problem, which is what happens. Because you, you you have to remember, Alan, when, when people go up out of their way to write something negative on a business online, they are happy um, with the possibility that that business, the reputation of that business, and therefore the revenues of that business, will suffer. And this is a business that employs staff who have to put milk on the table. And someone with their hair flick who flippantly goes on and criticizes a invention of their own um, could potentially damage the business and could in turn end up having some of the employees lose jobs yeah and i am always for the employees i'm on their side that's a different podcast another day i can talk to you about my time in switzerland and my time in college but she was by the way we named the club sandwich so her first name, I'll say the first name because that's the name of the club sandwich. Her first name was Zoe. <laughs> so we named our club sandwich ever since that day, the Zoe Club Sandwich. And still on the menu in the White Moose Fibsborough, you will see the Zoe Club Sandwich. Is that the actual club sandwich or the ciabatta? No, 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 no. That's the actual club sandwich. Wow. And it says on the menu, the Zoe Club Sandwich, always on three tier bread, never on ciabatta. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And do most of the items on the menu have a story like that then? Not really. No. Like, there's nothing too romantic about the full Irish, for example. It's just, <laughs> it's just a full Irish. The I, pancakes, our, our pan- we're very well known for our pancakes. The silver dollar pancakes. It's like, it's not crepes, it's like thick yeah. pancakes. The, the hair flick really rubbed you up the wrong way, didn't it? What was with that? I just, you, you kind of can tell when somebody's going to be a Karen. Yeah. And... A hair flick is part of that. This kind of superiority. I have arrived. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Pity we can't. Pity people can't see us here because I'm demonstrating. I'm getting it. I'm getting yeah. it. I'm imagining so this, you now this, with hair down to you. I'm here. Eyes. Yeah. Hi. Bang. Yeah. Hello. You're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Flick. In for the hug. Hmm. No. Standoffish. It's right. like this. This something. That that person obviously had an axe to grind with us beforehand or it was kind of like you know Alan yourself like when you have a bit of a public profile and you've whatever number of followers and all that kind of 
rubbish. Um, people are sometimes out to get you. And it's like, the White Moose had a very strong name. And sometimes people are like, right, we'll see what this, what all this fuss is all about. You know, and let's, let's see, you know, if it lives up to all the, you know, the expectations. I'll, I'll be honest about this place and I'll write whatever the hell I want about this place, regardless of uh, the staff that it employs and their families. Um, because I'm superior. And you'd want to have seen some of the other reviews that that person had written on other <laughs> uh, places in Dublin. It was like just the feeling of Karen you got off these reviews was just... It weren't very constructive. It would knock you out. Right. You know? Did the White Moose have a good name then before the social media took off? The White Moose has always had a great name. Did you set that up? Uh Dude, so so Jason and I, so okay. Just to put it into context, yeah. is it, it's in, you also own a hotel? So the family own a hotel called Charleville Lodge in Dublin now. And is the cafe in the... It is part of it. So we, mum and dad would have bought that hotel back in 1994. And the basement of the hotel was simply a breakfast room. And like the tables were deep mahogany and it was like linen napkins and... It, it resembled something out of the movie The Shining with Jack Nicholson. It was like almost scary. It was so old-fashioned. Or Faulty Towers. No. <laughs> no. Faulty Towers was funny. This was scary. Right, okay, okay. Uh, and like it was, it, was, it was like, you know, if, the, if, if someone said that the, that the house was haunted, you'd, you'd well believe them. But um, so what would happen, though, was when breakfast was finished at 9.30, the, the dining room was empty. And Jason and I were cognizant of the fact that the uh, Technological University Dublin was going to be opening up three minutes' walk from the place. So we said, yeah, let's open it up to the public. So we, we opened up the cafe. We did quite a lot of renovating ourselves. Um, stayed up till all hours for about a two-week period before we launched, you know, sanding down tables and building coffee docks and all this kind of stuff. Just Jason designed it and um, we so, put up wallpaper. So residents then have their breakfast in the White Moose The White Cafe. Moose, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And uh, and what year was that opened? 2015. Oh, right. So it's recent. Yeah. Yeah. So we're seven years old now. Um, wow, you've achieved an awful lot in seven years. Like there's businesses open 17 years that wouldn't have the amount of exposure and the amount of yeah. press and PR that you've had over those seven years. Mm. But I guess what it comes down to, Alan, again, as I start, said, stated at the outset, it's like not being afraid to speak your mind, not always needing to pander to the agenda of society and like fit in. And um, I suppose that could come from the fact that, you know, I'm a little bit different in very many ways. So I'm... I'm I'm adopted. I'm of the homosexual variety. And I have addiction issues. So like alcoholism and other addiction issues. So, but I've done a lot of therapy in my time. And I suppose uh, one therapist who I'll never forget, he's retired now, but he was always kind of telling me that I need to see the positives in my difference and realize that what, it's what makes me different that, you know, makes me 
I'm not going to use the word special, but like unique. Yeah, it may, no. Do you know what the word is? Me. It's what makes me me. And uh, so I was never afraid of saying what I, you know, think. And like, I suppose when you run the social media for your own business, you can kind of say what you think, but say it now without having to go to various different levels and have it approved at a board meeting and then have a subcommittee subcommittee sign off on it and you can't do anything for two weeks. Like if something happens in the White Moose, it's up on Instagram or Facebook within five or six minutes. But there's speak in your mind and then you'd always go the extra level. You'd always go another level. Wasn't there an instant where, was there a noise complaint or something and then you got a banner printed and put out the front of the... Yeah, because like that, that's going to a whole new other level. Well, it's 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 um, it is and it isn't. I mean, I I I would call it part and parcel of being honest. You know, like what happened there with that noise complaint is um, so uh, during COVID we we went from a, a hotel with a cafe to a takeaway. It was pretty much a, a takeaway business only. So. People would come in to the to the to the front garden and queue at the horse box. We got that horse box in twenty nineteen without even knowing COVID was coming down the tracks. It cost us seven grand. It's the best seven grand we've ever pay, paid because that horse box in the front garden of uh, Charleville Lodge was our only it was it threw us a lifeline. It was like our point of sale. It gave us an identity in a world where restaurants were closed, hotels were closed. We were open at the horse box, so there was something available. So people came in, they queued, they got their coffee, they ordered their food, and we, it kept us afloat. But during COVID, we thought, look, everyone is kind of down. If you remember lockdown one, we didn't know where we were going to die, Alan. Like, remember we were watching videos of the army bringing bodies. Yeah, yeah, in Italy. In and Italy. And yeah. and, like, like, it was scary. So... I had the idea that, look, this was a bit later on in the pandemic. Um, artists have got a pretty, have had a bitty, pretty bad time during COVID. You know, all the venues are closed and whatever. So we'll invite different artists in to sing a few tunes from 12 midday till 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. Now remember that, 12 midday till 2 p.m. It's not 2 in the morning. Till four in the morning. It's 12 midnight, midday till 2 p.m. And the reason for that, Alan, was A, to keep the people in the, to, 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 to kind of create a, a nice vibe in the garden. But also, these artists, I'd throw up on the White Moose Instagram, where we have 100,000 followers. So it was more about giving these guys a bit of a giddy up, you know? It wasn't just about keeping the, 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 the customers queuing entertained. But anyway, so that was that, and pretty much the first afternoon we introduced this, a couple from across the road started to give out, saying that their child couldn't sleep. Ah, oh, the child couldn't sleep. So one child's inability to sleep at midday on a Saturday should therefore impact the enjoyment of hundreds of people who come into the cafe, but thousands of people who would see an artist online giving that artist a bit of a boost during a pandemic and i thought i'm sorry i'm sorry but there's selfishness and then the selfishness anyway they you wouldn't believe the lengths these people have gone 
you wouldn't believe the lengths these people have gone to. Um, but I decided one day to get a banner printed, put it out in the front, and the wording of the banner was, Dear customers, can I please ask you to tiptoe while you're in the garden? Because there's a moany prick of a neighbour who lives across the road who thinks he's the only person in the world, which, in my view, is true. Um, when you said there a moment ago, you wouldn't believe the lengths they went to. So, well, I'm, going to, I'm going to say it publicly now, okay? And you, you should feel very privileged about this, Alan. The banner was one thing. But I would often refer to these, and I'd never, ever named them ever in my life, anywhere. Never named them, never said what house they're in. I said across the road. The North Circuit Road is an extremely long road on which there are many houses. Just across from us, there's an estate and there's like 20, 30 houses in there. Um, But so I would have referred to them in this banner. I would have referred to them on other posts saying, you know, we've received a solicitor's letter from them. Uh, I would have chatted a bit about that. I would have talked. I would have referred to these neighbours you know, in various different stories or posts, the neighbours, that neighbour, this, you know, that and the other, not being very, very vague, very vague. But I would have mentioned neighbours. And those two neighbours arrived down at the Bridewell Garda station with a dossier about that thick. And for those who can't see this, because I know you can't, it's an audio versus a video. My fingers are about, what, about an inch? About an inch and a half. About an inch and a half. <laughs> A dossier of about an inch and a half worth of posts, of comments, of pictures, of all of this. The most insignificant shit you'll imagine. Wasting our Garda workforce time, in my opinion, significantly, spectacularly, in fact. But they went down and they made a criminal complaint against me. For what? Harassment under Section 10. Right? Without ever mentioning them. Never mentioning them in my life. Never even mentioning them, mentioning them offline. Never mind online. Never said who it was. Because I've, I've, I might be a bit mad, you know, and I might be a bit off the wall and out of line at times, but I'll always actually know where to stop. In this case, I, I, you know, for example, that blogger who was looking for five free nights over the... I've never mentioned her name ever, right. anywhere. So same, same here. Never mentioned them, but they made a criminal complaint against me, and uh, I got a call from the Bridewell Garda station to say, "Look, uh, this complaint, an allegation has been made against you. Uh, we would advise you to come down and make a voluntary caution statement, which I did. Um, mind you, part of me was thinking, would you ever go and piss off? That was part of me thinking that." I mean, how can these people not only be so selfish in terms of what I've just mentioned earlier, two to 12 to 2 in the afternoon, but then they go and they waste our guard or workforce, the taxpayer tax, taxpayer money paid guardee with this kind of shit. Anyway, made the voluntary caution statement, and that was that. And it's probably gone onto the desk of the superintendent in the Bridewell, and then he may give it to the DPP. And if it's passed on to the DPP, they'll make a, an assessment on whether it's I, I'm charged or, or, or... It's still ongoing. Yeah. And were you, were you... Did you get a fright when you got a call from the guards? Did I get a fright? Uh, this is going to sound a bit perverse or a bit strange, but 
when the guards get involved or when, you know, I get letters from the Data Protection Commission or, or the Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission or anything, it's kind of like I kind of rub my hands together and it's like, wow, there's, there's an opportunity for content here because that's what it's all about as, as far as I'm concerned, you know. So it was kind of like I, I thrive on this kind of excitement and like if I'm, you know, getting letters and phone calls, it kind of means I'm doing something right, to be honest with you. But um, so I didn't, is, is the honest and answer. Have you not told anyone that this is happening? You're getting it here. This is exclusive. Right. Uh, so, you know, I'm expecting a brand envelope, a backhander now, Alan. Right. Now. <laughs> we'll see how many downloads it gets <laughs> first. Yeah. Um, so is that how you operate in life? Are you always... Backhanders. Think, no, not backhanders, no. Are you always thinking about content? Are you always thinking um, about, can I knock a bit of crack out of that I'm now? a performer, first and foremost. Where does uh, that come from? It could come from the fact that I was adopted. It could fr- come from the fact that when I was born into this world, I was taken away from my mother and I was craving a, a maternal figure. I didn't get it. For the first five weeks of my life, I was in St. Patrick's mother and baby home. There might be, you know, uh, who's to know? This is all me theorizing in my head. It might be a lot of bollocks, but it could there could be some truth to it. Um, I would imagine because I was adopted, because I was effectively rejected as a child, there's this um, part of me that needs this attention. You know, I need validation. I need eyes on me I want to perform I want to make an audience happy I want to make them smile that's and that what, could be wrong I don't know I, I what sounds age like were yeah. you then when you were adopted five weeks old and you're with the same family since yeah a family whom I love a family who we all have our uh, no family is perfect this family is very dysfunctional. I, there's no family that isn't. Exactly. Um, my own followers, I don't know about yours, although I suspect that we have, there's a bit of an overlap in, in the two followerships, but uh, my own family, my own followers love my mum and the antics I get up to with, with mum. My sister, so my dad doesn't go on social media because he just doesn't do social media. My other sister, Joanne, you'll never see on my social media because, again, she just doesn't want to be. And I'll always respect somebody's wish not to be on it. And there's, like, people at work. There's a cat on your roof. Is that okay? Well, it's not ideal now. No, it's, it's a black ideal. cat as well. And it's, it was on your surfboard. No, it's not. I'd rather it wasn't there. <laughs> All right, okay. Have you got a pellet gun or something? No, no, no. I wouldn't do that to the poor no, guy. No, I wouldn't do that. No, no. I'm only messing. So it's just, can I just bring it back to... If you don't mind. Yeah, you bring it the, wherever you want. The, the, the criminal complaint. Yeah. So that will potentially go to the DPP. Will it though? Because I'm thinking that's just outrageous. Well, If it does, like that's a, that's a scandal. Well, there's a part of me that wants it to. And right. there's a part of me that wants it to go to court. And there's a part of me that wants to, as I'm going into court, say to my followers, so this is what's happening now. But the problem is, for the benefit of the people who've made the complaint against me, because I'm not all you know, a demon and like there is this part of me that's actually quite a nice, caring, loving person. And there's a part of me that strangely wants to protect the people because who complained with the baby who wants to sleep at midday. There's part of me that wants to protect them because let's just imagine it goes to court. Now, I 
I'm in the very fortunate position to have a bit of a public profile. And there are people who are interested in what I have for breakfast, right? Yeah. So could you imagine if I am now hauled into a courthouse under hara- for harassment charges? It will be quite public. And they are going to be now in the public eye themselves. So I don't necessarily want that. There's part of me that would love it. Because again, it's all content. But in the interest of protecting them, maybe it's best that it doesn't go any further. For their sake. How long did it go on for, the actual music itself? Two hours. No, I mean over how many weeks? We got the complaint after week one. And how long did it go on for after that? We made it acoustic as opposed to amplified after that. And there were complaints about that as well. From the same person? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You'd you'd wonder how it would carry across the street. um, Did anyone contact you and say, look... You would. You would. Yeah. Did anyone contact you and say, I have a small baby and, uh, you know, they're in a routine now and 12 o'clock is the time they go to sleep and that's the way I want it. Did anyone ever come at you with that side of things? Um, Not particularly, no. No, I mean, I have the letters there if you want to have it read. No, I don't, you know, I don't. It's, it, it's just, it, I'm sure some people will think that if, if little Charlie goes down every morning at 11 for two hours. Yeah, I mean, let's just say... You don't care. Well, you have to weigh, of course I care about little Charlie, right? But can little Charlie not sleep at 11 till 12? You know, can little Charlie not sleep at 2 till 3? I just find how everything... You know, taking little Charlie and putting his rights to a sleep over the the enjoyment of hundreds and thousands of people is a little bit selfish. That's all. That's all. Charlie's entitled to a sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, they could play white noise in the room. Do you know what I sleep to every night? I sleep to the sound of, uh, it's called Distant Thunderstorm. And it's amazing. I sleep and like I have it's lashing rain and thunder striking in the background every night. And I sleep uh, really well. They if can I move Charlie here. to the back room. You yeah. know, there's th- things that they can they can bring Charlie out for a walk to the Phoenix Park. Like to put Charlie over hundreds and thousands of other people, in my mind, is not fair. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's fair enough, I suppose. If 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 the whole estate or the whole street started complaining, then it might be a little bit yeah. different. Like. Alan, if this again was two in the morning. Now, I don't know. I wasn't the there. The traffic makes more noise. Um, what age are you? 28. <laughs> <laughs> Why are I you can, laughing? Why I, are you laughing? I'm, I'm, I'm laughing in one sense, but I'm also not laughing because you're in immaculate shape. You're in really? Great, you're in great shape. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Ah, yeah. Yeah. What age are you? 42. 42. Yeah. Because we'll get to the sauna in a minute and I'll tell you more about that, but you're 42. Did... Did you ever go looking for your parents, your biological parents? Yeah. Did you get caught up in that for a long time? Do you mind talking about that? I do. I, 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 look, whenever it comes to speaking about my biology, you see, so I'm acutely aware of the sensitivities surrounding this for others, not just me. Yeah. So, like, um, that's both my biological and my adoptive family like uh, you know uh, at the end of the day we don't know who's listening to this my brother my biological i I have four uh siblings biologically 
And then I have two sisters, adoptively, making up all these strange words as they go along, adoptively. Um, so I have to be aware that there are people out there who may be hurt. Look, let's face it, okay. I am 100% sure that my biolo- the biological family know that this mad lunatic from the White Moose, <laughs> you know, is probably, uh, you know, part of that family. And, I, and they're probably, they may even follow me. They may hate me. They may be vegans, you know. <laughs> the, the vegans don't necessarily like me. Um, but, uh, so you think they watch your stories going, wow, we dodged a bullet there. Yeah, they could, yeah. Yeah, are, we are very, 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 very lucky indeed not to have this absolute gobshite uh, in our front room. I but, don't think that. Ah, uh, well, yeah, well, look. Okay. We don't know. But anyway, so my point, though, is that if I start now talking to you about, because I made YouTube videos, and I don't want you to edit this out. I want you to keep it in, but I want it to be known. But I, like, again, I know where the line is. I don't want to go over it. Well, just to be clear, I won't edit anything unless no. you want it. No, don't. That's not the way these operate. Um, I don't think anything should be edited. Uh, not even the bit about the criminal complaint, even though that could potentially land me in trouble. I think, you know, the more honest people are in life, the better their lives will be. And um, to be hiding things is, is, is uh, and concealing the truth and massaging the truth is not good for anybody. But anyway... Uh, Do you have a relationship with your four biological siblings? No. No. You just know that they're... I know they're there. I've met one of them. How did that come about? Uh, so I um, I got in touch with the HSE. So I got in touch with the Adoption Society that I came through. And uh, I met with a social worker and out in... Bal- uh, I think this HSE is out in Blanchardstown. Anyway, I sat into a room with her one day and we were chatting away and she was, I suppose, assessing me psychologically to see was I ready for this because, you know, it's a big thing. It's a huge thing. But I presented, because I'm a bit of a performer, I'm a bit of an actor, you know, I've always kind of been performing so I can present as a very uh, mentally stable, level-headed guy, even though inside I'm like the most childish, um, unsteady, unstable lunatic there exists on planet earth but anyway i presented as this i would think i wore a suit that day so i'm a businessman you know and yes no i'm ready for all of this so within the space of a minute i was told that i had four siblings and uh which was a huge and that my, i had a feeling my biological mother had had passed on back in the but she was alive but as it so happens she has passed on now and i never got to meet her and do i regret it of course i do is it on my mind constantly not really because as far as i'm concerned my real my family not my real family my family is my family absolutely yeah i get you know yeah and there's no other there's no two ways about it Mm so um but again you know, I I did two YouTube videos co- which were called my adoption story, and I was going to do a third, and I just had to stop. I couldn't I couldn't continue because I was aware that the biological family, you know, p- 
possibly have been made aware of my existence and that it's all about them. And here I am speaking about such a sensitive issue uh, online that could impact them. And I, 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 I just, I just discontinued that. So, so yeah. So how I, hard was that for you to stop when you had put so much into it? Um, it must have consumed you for a little while. You know, doing these YouTube videos, trying to find them. And then to say, right, I'm going to stop this now. That must have been very, very difficult, given that you have an addictive personality as well. Yeah, but I'm also very, very lazy, Alan. You know, and for me to put up a YouTube video requires an awful lot of work. And I'm a great procrastinator. So it actually suited me in some ways not to and have to continue. And you're great at talking <laughs> shite too. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, I have a master's degree in talking <laughs> shite. <laughs> no, but it has to have been difficult to stop. Um, yeah, like, I mean, but at the same time, you can't continue um, regardless of the... Uh, well, that's very big of you. Well, Some people wouldn't. Some people would say, well, I want to know and I want I'm to find out. I'm quite a conscientious person, actually. And, you know, like the, Paul Stenson is this prick from who hates vegans and, you know, he's a terrible employer and, you know, he's a racist and he's a xenophobe and he's a homophobe and he's all this kind of stuff and he's all these isms, you know. He hates vegans. He's, yeah, exactly. A vegan hater. And like if you're on Twitter, if you ever Google Twitter my name, you, you know, you'd probably find that I'm probably possibly the worst person in the world. And I'm by no means the best person in the world. I'm by no means... Uh, a saint but you know like at the same time i do have some consideration for for others so uh what is instagram for you then is that an outlet because i i met you yesterday for the first time and i was quite taken aback by how reserved you were and how approachable and friendly and i had this thing in my head that like you say you know, your man there, he might be a bit arrogant now, or if I go up and approach him now, he might be a bit, sorry, no, now isn't a great time. And you're the complete opposite to that. So is Instagram, there's a little bit of Instagram versus reality with you. Whereas you are expressing yourself and you're, you're saying what you want to say, but it's, it's slightly dramatized, is it? Are you, are you a different character? This is a very difficult question because, like, I mean. I'm not saying you're a different person, but do you go into a, no, another but like, character to like, put, portray uh, what you want I, to I say? I don't actually know. Like, I think, as I said at the outset, it's important to be honest and to speak the truth. And, 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 and you know, and I do that on my Instagram. I do that on my Facebook. I do that everywhere. Um, But I suppose you're not the only one who's, like, I, when I meet people in real life, I actually get quite worried that I'll come across as maybe a little bit boring versus the personality I put out there online. Um, there's a lot of people say to me, oh, you're quite quiet or you're quite reserved or... I understand I, that. I just hope that I'm not an anticlimax to people. And, 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 and you know, like with the Instagram... Okay, I know my stories are like 10 years long every day and people probably tap through them all the time. But um, it is a condensed version of me, you know, like it is only 15 seconds per story and whatever it is per video. And I suppose 
I have to pack a lot into that. So what you're getting is me, but it's the performer in me, I suppose. You're, yeah, you're keeping it interesting. So, so yeah, I guess what, yeah, but I guess what Instagram is for me, because I am a performer, and I guess what Instagram is for me is my stage. That's what it is. I understand what you're saying, because a lot of people would say to me, God, you're a great crack, you know, and if I was in such a place to say, I'd love to meet you, you're a great crack. Mm. And like that, you're a great crack for three minutes a day yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. And then there could be two hours where I'm like, oh my God, I hate my life. But, uh, you, you Look, Alan, you know, uh, exactly. That's exactly the, what you've just said there is a, you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. You know, people maybe are expecting you to be this funny fella all day long. Regardless of whether you're hungover in the morning or whether you're just having a bad day or you're tired or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, what about you? Do you think that the Instagram self is different to the real self for yourself? I know. Well, I try to keep it real, but there's one thing I, I definitely try to to keep it as real as I can on Instagram. And I, I, I wouldn't like people to think that I'm this different person because I don't try to, do, to be a different person on Instagram. But I definitely whenever I come up with a sketch or whenever I, I have an idea for something, they usually come from my lowest moments where I don't know it might be a Sunday morning and I might be just a bit pissed off at life at the minute and, and kind of a bit lost and I'll head for the hills and I might head up through the windmills or go through a bog and then I'll go looking not that I go looking for a sketch but I keep my mind busy and I'm I'm constantly looking for this next kind of what will I do next or how can I knock a bit of crack out of this sod of turf and that those sketches generally come from my lowest moments and then people from outside in are thinking, geez, your man's great crack. He was in the bog and he did this with a sod of turf. Not knowing that the reason I was walking through a bog was because I just left the house that morning in the piss and rain thinking, geez, I have to get out of this house and sort my head out. space. Yeah. And there's days where I just have to get outside. And some people would say to me, you're always going, you're always going. And it doesn't matter what the weather is doing. I've walked up through the windmills and thunder and lightning and I just say, I have to get outside. You know, that's where I that's where I go for my my space. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say I'm different on Instagram. I try to be as similar as possible, but I I definitely wouldn't say I'm great crack. You know, and people say to me, I've been referred to as a comedian on numerous occasions and I am the furthest thing from a comedian going. Mm. You know, Mm. I just I just try and have the crack. Mm. What is a comedian? Somebody who makes people laugh. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't go out of my way to make people laugh. So why I wouldn't call myself a comedian is I might do a sketch and I just want it to be real, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily do it with the intention of making people laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I know it sounds a bit silly. Yeah, it's quite interesting, I think. I wouldn't say, right, I'm going to do something now. I want people to laugh. Mm-hmm. If, I'm in, if I'm doing a sketch, I just think people will get that. Yeah. What I do like about your page, Alan, is that, you know, you're kind of in into mixed farming. So one post is like a, a funny sketch and then the next is a beautiful picture of 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 Kim Bay or and then the next is something else funny and then the next is you sitting on a kayak with dolphins going around you again on Kim Bay. Yeah. Uh, so you know well it all started from my love of mayo. Yeah. So that's how I got so mm. popular on Facebook mm. was producing mm. videos for mayo. Mm. And then I said, when you get more comfortable and I was on the radio, you just get more comfortable doing the sketches because mm. before that I would have been afraid to do one. Mm. I'd afraid to put myself out there and go, you know, people think I'm an idiot. 
Yeah. I spent a lot of time thinking, worrying about what people would think of me being the Egypt. And is that gone now? Completely gone. Yeah, same here. I think it goes, does it go with age? Um, practice and age, yeah. Practice and age. And there's yeah. also a lot of freedom in being single. Because yeah. I think for a long time I was in a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. And I, I've spoke about this before on other podcasts. You don't want to be your one's fucking Egypt of a boyfriend. And there was a bit of that. Now, and, and every time I say this, no girlfriend has ever stopped me from doing anything. And I don't mean that in like, she won't stop me from doing it. I've had very supportive girlfriends is what I'm trying to say. But at the back of my mind, I was always like, I don't really want her going home thinking what her, boy, what her brother saying. Yeah, I know, 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 100%. So that and stopped me probably for a long time. Yeah. And Worrying what others think. The and closest the fact, people. The yeah. closest people to you. And the fact that your your head is stuck on your phone and you're trying to, be, and you're supposed to be in this relationship as well. Yeah. And what she will perceive from this, like, am I going to get any attention now? Yeah. You know, is it all about you? Yeah, you know, and, and that's, I suppose, it's a concern I might have had as well before. But the, the, this, this expression that I really like, and it goes something like this. Just have to remember this now. You'll never believe how better your life gets when you stop giving a flying fuck, you know? And that can be what other, about what others think or just in general. Isn't it amazing how great your life gets when you just stop giving a fuck? Yeah, it's so true. You know? And I, I kind of stand by that. I never travelled on my own until last month. And a lot of my friends are either in the music industry or they might be guards or they might be in other jobs that just clash with mine. Mm. And I couldn't get anyone to come away with me for three days. So I went to Donegal for three days on my own. And driving out of Castlebar, I was thinking to myself, geez, I'm such a loner that I can't get anyone to come on an adventure with me. Is there somebody at the door? Yeah, there's a car outside. You're joking me. No. What colour is the car? Is it silver? You're bloody joking me. Is it your parents? Yeah. Feck it. They're back. Put your clothes on. Oh my God. <laughs> Hello there. How are you doing? Good, what's going on? Oh, uh, we're just doing a podcast. We couldn't have done it up in the house because the dogs were there. Um. So, so what's going to happen now? On that note, are we in trouble? I better, uh, I better put the clothes back on. <laughs> and uh, we better take off down to the sauna. Is that where we're going now? <laughs> we. we what do you think about that? You think they're going to kick us out? I think they might kick us out. Right, okay. We better pack up, so. We wait for the mother to come in. Is she a bit of crack? Yeah. She's a bit of crack. <laughs> so hang on now. I can tell you one thing. Your dad is very... He has a real stern presence about him. Very stern. I don't want to be... I don't want to annoy him. And very stern. I, I, and I'm instantly sweating. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Can you come in? You can't come on in. come in. Sure, it's your house. <laughs> I bet it doesn't feel like your house sometimes. Certainly doesn't. I'm Alan. Alan, hello. I'm Alan. You're okay. It's lovely to meet you. Your hands are full. Sure are. Do you want to say anything to the great outer world there? No, it's you're okay, and we're recording a podcast here. But okay, she's gone. It's not live, Rent, and you don't have to worry about anything. Are you sure I can believe you? Because I can't believe him. No, you can believe me a hundred percent. I come from good stock. So does he, but he doesn't perform. He's a Mayo man. He's a fellow Mayo man. I'm a 
Oh, you're a Mayo man? No. Okay. I'm from Castle right. Bar. Yeah. Very good. I was left when I was six. Okay. Anyway, listen, I've put all this stuff away. Would you like us to go? No, you, if you, you can stay, but we're going out. We, we have to go out. Paul, if that, if you're recording me... No, no we're not. We don't have to worry about it. No. Okay. I mean, I've just come out of shops three today where I've been recognised. It's tough at the top. Well, I hope you didn't have to pay for anything. Did you have to give an... Did they ask you for an autograph? No, they asked me how I put up with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, that was a nice little segue, wasn't it? You need a way for while we're tidying up a few days. No, no, we're going, to, we're going to finish up now. And we're going to take flight. For the sauna. We'll be out of here in five minutes. Okay. I feel like a very bold school child, child. now at the moment that I've been caught on the hop from school. Yeah, well, I mean, he's used to it. Yeah. <laughs> now you know what my 42... Okay, five minutes. Now you know what my 42 years of existence have been like. Thanks, Mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I forget what we were even talking about now, but we better go and finish it somewhere else yeah. then. Let's, let's, let's... We'll, we'll go down to... Savna saunas. Right. I won't Kill be welcome beach. in this house again now. No. No. I'm in the bad books and I've only met you them are. for the first time. Well, w- would you have preferred mum and dad or three Dobermans? Oh, jeez, probably three Dobermans. Your dad <laughs> looks really cross. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Alan. Good luck. Welcome back to what is probably part two of the podcast, where we're now sitting on Keel Beach. You can probably hear the waves in the background. The odd crying child crying, looking for a, a 99 ice cream there with Kelly's cones. We're sitting in front of the sauna, which is owned by Paul Stenson. Paula, what's the name of the sauna? This is a very controversial topic now. Will I hold that when I'm speaking? No, you want to hold it. Okay. Um, we were talking about the microphone, just in case anyone gets the wrong idea here. Would it be in a podcast? Go on. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So there, there's a very controversial topic. Some people call it savna, others call it sauna. Now, I started off calling it sauna because I wanted... We were thinking, what would we call this bloody thing? And I I googled the Irish for sauna one day and S-A-B-H-N-A came up. So I presumed that was pronounced sauna. But then I was corrected one day by somebody down here who said B-H is V of Siobhan. She said it was savna. Yeah, and I think sauna is kind of nearer to sauna than savna. Savna kind of, I don't know, it sounds a bit like, I don't know, satnav or something. It just doesn't sound... uh... Okay, well, just to make it very clear, we're not here to advertise the sauna. And I've said this in a few podcasts before. None of my podcasts are to advertise anything. But I just want to talk to real people and get real stories. And it's really interesting, the story of setting up the sauna that we'll get to in a minute. But we can't... We, we can't sidetrack what has just happened here because you and I were sitting in your parents' kitchen and you will have seen this on Instagram, chatting away 36 minutes into a very, very interesting podcast that was getting really uh, deep and intense and then a car pulls up at the front door and I said to you, there's a silver car outside and your dad walks in. And do you want to explain what well, happened next? I'd prefer you to explain. Right, OK, so th- this man enters, a very tall man, with a stern look on his face, kind of reminds me of a, of a national school principal I had once upon a time, opens the door and goes, uh, what's going on here? Yeah. I said, we're recording a podcast. And he just literally turned in his heels and walked out the door again. Yeah, yeah. That's dad through and through. Two minutes later, mom walks through the door and now mom looks like a bit of crack. Yeah, yeah, our mum is a bit of crack. 
So and then mom walks in, she's a bit of crack, terrified that she's been recorded somewhere in the room. And I had to reassure her and say, no, does, you're, you're okay, you're grand. But still wouldn't say anything. She's, she's cute, that lady. She's not going to, she's minding her P's and Q's. Sure and every time you took your phone out of your pocket, she ran. Scarper. She would scarper. But that's, I think, part of the act as well. I think she, she kind of, I think secretly she loves the camera. Um, although it kind of does depend on how many glasses of wine she's had. You know, um, when she's dry, like now, she's kind of uh, scared of the camera. After three or four glasses of white wine, you know, she's all over it. And she was absolutely horrified because she came in the door and she said, I'm, a- I'm after coming out of three shops and the three, the three shops recognise me. And she, she's finding the fame difficult, is she? Secretly, she loves it. But she'll say that she finds it difficult and she hates it. But I think deep down she really loves it. Because, look, at the end of the day, Mum is... What she's doing is she's providing a laugh. And it's not at her expense. It's a laugh for people who, you know, I don't know, might be going through a dark day or might be having, you know, got they got out of the bed the wrong side of the morning or the wrong side... They've got out of the bed at the wrong side, you know, they might just... And what Mum does is she just, I don't know, it's all a bit of fun, Alan. That's that's all it is. It's a bit of fun. And she was loaded to the gills with Malloy's pharmacy bag, so I hope they don't um, charge her now for half this stuff. They'll have to send her a hamper. Hashtag ad. I think she's, she's definitely... Uh, she's an influencer of some repute now. I hope the next time she goes into Malloy's... I think, uh, you know, she shouldn't be paying a cent. She shouldn't have to put her hand in her pocket. So let's try and pick up where we were now. This has all been very traumatising for me for the last half an hour, so I'm trying to remember where we were. And I think you had just said a phrase about not giving a hoot. And I was in the middle of telling you that I went to Donegal because I couldn't get anyone to come with me. And it wasn't until I went to Donegal for the couple of days and I was sitting in a restaurant on my own, eating, that I realised, do you know what? No one cares that I'm sitting here eating on my own. But before that, I found going into a restaurant eating on my own a very difficult thing to do. Do you find it a difficult thing to do? Well, I used to because... So we get a bit deep here now again. I, I've been on antidepressants since the 3rd of February. I started on this uh, uh, sertraline SSRI. And I find that... So th- this medication is good for three things. It's good for depression... It's good for social anxiety disorder and it's good for obsessive compulsive disorder. And I have all three. And it, it, it's very clear that I have all three. But So the social anxiety disorder, what I would do is I'd medicate that with drink back in the day. So, you know, I wouldn't be able to go into the George, for example, without being absolutely wasted, half cut, scattered, as they say down here. But for some reason this medication makes me much more confident in myself and I don't really care about you know who's looking at me or uh, you know what, what way I'm coming across What's the George first of all? The George is a gay bar in Dublin and uh, it's uh, you know I suppose I'm now 42 I would have come out around 26, 27 but you know there was an awful lot of shame there for an awful lot of long time and um, I wasn't very proud and uh, I used to use drink and other things to kind of self-medicate and kind of make it more accepting, acceptable to me and others that I am the way I am. And uh, now, fast forward 10, 15 years later, I'm completely at ease and at peace 
um, with being who I am. It's a really difficult thing to talk about. And you spoke about your partner a few a few times that you had set up the White Moose Cafe together. Mm. Was your condition anything got to do with you not being together anymore? Condition being the yeah, depression. Compulsive. No, 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 no. Definitely not. I've had I've had OCD and I've had OCD since I was like a, a tiny kid and. How that used to manifest itself when I was a child was in my bedroom. You know, before I'd go to school, I'd pull my curtains, but if the curtains on the left weren't exactly the same as the ones on the right in terms of, you know, the the ridges, and if everything wasn't sitting absolutely perfectly, and if my bed wasn't made in such a way that it was totally, you know, symmetrical on both sides, and that's how it, it, it manifested itself in my earlier days. But then towards, you know, as I got a bit older, what OCD really isn't, it's not like washing your hands with a bar of soap a hundred times a day and then trying the soap out after each time. It's like what Jack Nicholson would have done in As Good As It Gets. It's actually, uh, it manifests itself in kind of these intrusive thoughts that just come into your brain and they're horrible, horrible thoughts and um, really dark and really sinister and insidious and and what the medication has done for me now is it's kind of alleviated all of that and I'm much more calm and I don't have any of these horrible notions entering my, my mind anymore. Go on. But working in hospitality, that must have been a bit of a nightmare. Were you like insisting that the knife and the fork be in the same place or the teaspoon be in because when you're when you're in hospi- in catering college and hospital I, I spent some time in Tralee doing it and some of the uh, lecturers can be very insistent where the teaspoon goes on the plate were you like that to work for I guess I was yeah um, and like little things like but I mean you can kind of channel it in a good way as well like things like I suppose a normal person would still have the same concerns like let's just this is a small example of the tables in the white moose cafe if all the tables the grain and the wood wasn't facing in the the, the right the same direction throughout the entire cafe um a normal person would be like yeah let's fix it but i'd be like oh jesus it's the end of the it's nearly the end of the world for you know i'd be gone mad and and you know, these little, tiny, innocuous, insignificant things for me would be like, I'd catastrophize in my mind, you know. It'd be like, ugh, I don't know, it's other little weird things like, let's say, I don't know, I lose something in the car, something small, a crumb, right? I'm eating a chicken fillet roll or something and a crumb falls. And I know that that crumb has fallen and I can't find it. I will not rest until I find that one crumb. It's weird. It's, it, it's, it's, I, I just, I, I, I can't kind of just say to myself, right, that's all, let it, let it be, and Asher, don't worry about it. It's, it's like I have to find this. It must have been a very good thing in the cafe that the output was always exceptional, but it must have been quite difficult working for you. Well, I come from uh, a background of... So I did hotel management in Shannon College of Hotel Management, which they say is kind of one of the most prestige... Uh, hotel colleges in in the world. The reason I did that, by the way, was because mum and dad had the hotel, and it was I went down the route of security rather than the route of happiness. Let's call it or the pursuit of happiness. 
what that ended up, you know, driving me a bit insane, to be honest with you, because certainly in a five-star environment, like I worked in the Marion on my placement. The Marion is a fantastic five-star hotel in Dublin. But in a five-star environment, the customers treat the employees like numbers or like roles. So you're not a Paul Stenson, you're a waiter. You know, you don't really matter. And there's this kind of asymmetry of power between the, 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 the guest and the, the service provider. And you always feel like you're a bit subservient and a bit servile and you're kind of, you know, inferior to these guys. And, you know, the, the, some of these customers or guests go around, you know, clicking their fingers at you and, you know, showing off this, giving off this air that they're, you know, fantastically rich and they've so much money. In fact, it's all a show sometimes. It's the really rich ones like Liam Neeson or any of those who were so, so nice to you and so unassuming. Harrison Ford was so nice. I asked you yesterday, are you here for the summer? And you said, no, I'm here forever. So you've moved to Ackle now full time. I got the hell out of Dublin, the rat race of city life. At the age of 42, because it was just getting a bit too... It was getting a bit claustrophobic. So I used to live in a terraced house in Dublin 7, three minutes walk from the Hotel Stroke White Moose Cafe. That alone was claustrophobic because there was no detachment between work and, and pleasure. You were, like, waking up in the morning and you had this kind of urge to get over to work so quickly. There was no switching off. But also I lived in a house where you know you opened the front door and there was the footpath of the road so the front room backed onto the footpath so I would have the blinds pulled in my living room constantly if the if the room was if the window blinds were open people would be walking down looking straight into your front room so I had the blinds constantly pulled which made it a very, very dark environment. And obviously, I think the natural light, daylight is so, uh, so much of a, has so much of an impact on your mood. So that could be another reason why my mood was so low in Dublin. It was just like being imprisoned. It really was, it was awful. Was it difficult to detach from the cafes then and move west? Or were you happy to do it? I am in the very fortunate position to have a business partner called Naveen, Prince of Persia who I went to college with 20 odd years ago in Shannon he was my mentee, I was his mentor uh, he was two, two years below me and all third years are appointed a, a first year as their mentee so he was mine and fast forward 20 years now we're now in business together and he's my business partner and he has equity in my company he's a shareholder in the, in the White Moose Cafe Limited uh, company and I'm very grateful for him my intention is to kind of go up to Dublin once every two weeks just to, you know, attend meetings, do a bit of social media, make sure the place isn't falling apart. But I haven't been able to do that until my four doggies are looked after. That wasn't me making a noise. That's people, listen to that, that is people coming out of the 90 degree heat of the sauna. Free plug. You would have heard, oh, they're coming out and they're going in to the sea now, not to relieve themselves, which I said to a, a customer I said to a customer about a week ago, uh, so the great thing about going into the sea after the sauna is it's so hot in the sauna, it's great to go into the sea to relieve yourself. 
So we're just sitting here on Keel Beach and it's the hottest day of the year, I'd say, without question. Six people have just walked out of the sauna and again, like this isn't a free plug for the sauna or anything, but you want to see the smiles on their faces. It's 27 degrees here and going into this sauna now, to me, would be the last thing I would want to do on a day like today. But they're now running down the beach to get into the water as quick as they can. They haven't even thought about it and now they've plunged their whole body, head, the whole lot in under the water and it's just such a lovely thing to watch and now they'll stay in the water for a few minutes and then they'll walk up and they'll go back into the sauna for another little while there's people surfing around them there's kids here building sandcastles and it's just a beautiful place but as well as that Paul this sauna isn't going to make you rich or it's not going to bring in anywhere near the amount of money that a cafe would bring in 100% not I'll never be an overnight millionaire from running a sauna, a sauna, but I will always feel a million dollars, and that's my latest uh, tagline or catchphrase or whatever the thing. You'll never be a millionaire, but you'll feel a million dollars because I get to use it myself every day. What happened then between, like, you spoke earlier on about your addiction, and what happened from being this guy that was getting up, running to work, getting to work and just being completely consumed by work and having an addiction to this really chilled, laid-back guy sitting here in a, an eco-friendly T-shirt with shorts on and flip-flops in front of the sauna. How did, how did you go from one person to the other? Well, I think it was a combination of, you know, giving up alcohol, giving up drugs, uh, and then, you know... Being a horrible mess of a person, uh, living in a prison, consumed with depression, and, you know, things were just not good for me, and, you know, I relapsed. Living in Dublin was no good for me, because I did relapse. I mean, I'd love to be able to say to you, Alan, here, uh, that I've been off substances and drink for 15 years, you know, today. I can never do that, because I, in Dublin, I always relapsed. You know, I'd be off it for 14 months and then I'd have a relapse. I'd be off it for 13 months, then I'd uh, get back on the train, then in eight months. and You know, there'd be, it was like peaks and troughs. And I got to the point where the depression was getting pretty bad. I wasn't able to leave my bed, never mind the house. And I said, here, this isn't the life for me anymore. And I, I just had to get out. So that's why I'm here. But I'm also safe from my addictions here, Alan. Like, if, if anyone who's in addiction or in recovery will know of the notion of people, places and things. It's people, places or things that trigger you to reuse or relapse. And by being over here in Ackle, a very good friend of mine has come over here. His name is Richie Malloy. He's also in recovery. But he uses the, he has this one sentence that I take solace in and I can relate to so much. Over an ankle, he is safe, and I am safe here. Safe is the word. You're safe in a place like this. How did you... So you said you, you relapsed and you went drinking again and doing whatever you did. But how did you stop then again? Did, did somebody have to say it? Did somebody have to pull you aside? Or were you, able, were you strong enough to do that yourself? It was during COVID that I relapsed because, you know, I, I, see, I, I go to an addiction counsellor once a week although I have kind of stopped that in recent times because I'm down here and I don't really need it but the addiction counsellor always said to me that you know in order to stay clean you need to stay plugged in and by plugged in I mean you, you either go to meetings 
like AA meetings or NA meetings or CA meetings or whatever the hell meetings. Or you see a counsellor face to face or you do meditation or you do yoga or you go to the gym or you play sport or you do something that keeps the noggin active. And with COVID, all of that went. Everything that would keep you plugged in went. Couldn't go to the gym anymore. Couldn't do my face-to-face, one-to-one counselling sessions. The meditation sessions I'd go to down in the Stanhope Centre, they all ended. So everything that would have before kept me plugged in went. And then you couldn't even leave your 5K or your 2K to get out for a sea swim, you know? And there's no sea between, you know, within a two-kilometre radius of where I used to live. Then lockdown, lockdowns lifted again and I was able to start seeing my counsellor and, you know, the gyms reopened and things got back to normal, so I got plugged, plugged in again. Um, and that's what, I suppose, saved me um, from going into a deeper hole than I al- was already in. You must be somebody that's always thinking and always... You spoke earlier on about not being able to switch off, but your mind must be going the whole time um, with business ideas and different things to do. And is it the same down here, or have you learned to switch off and take a back seat? When I moved down here in April, I didn't know I'd be still here in August. I just came down to kind of get away, but never, ever wanted to go home. It would always depress me big time to go home. But I didn't know I was opening a sauna in July when I arrived down here in April. I had no idea. In fact, it was probably June by the time I had the idea of, again, my friend Richie, Richie Malloy, started a little business called Bloster Bikes down here. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, now that I'm down here, it might be no harm to start a little business. Not something that's going to make me a millionaire, but something that's going to give me a bit of structure. Something to do with my time while I'm down here. So... I always loved the idea of, hello, of saunas um, on the beach. And, you know, I, I got into sea swimming during COVID. And you feel incredible after getting out of a sea swim because of the cold water exposure. But to add the other element, the heat to it. How are you? Hello, how are you? How are you? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, we're here for me. Where are you from? Norway. Oh, brilliant. What part? Kurdistan. Uh, oh, lovely. You want the sun cream on today anyway? For sure. <laughs> nice See to meet you. Guys. See you guys. See ya. One of Alan's many millions of followers and fans Sorry. stopping to say hello to him. Sorry do you get that. that a lot? I do get that a lot lately. Yeah, I do. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to sound like a big-headed bollocks, but... I get it a lot lately, yes. Good man yourself. Okay. Where were we? Uh, the business idea, you said... So, yeah, I, I had done, I had done um, a sauna down in County Wicklow called Buscabaha yeah. in January. Really, really cold, about two degrees. And uh, there's a lady called Shirley who has um, this Buscabaha. It's like a converted cow uh, trailer into a sauna. And beside it is a, is a river. And I did it there where I got into the sauna, sweated it out, plunged into the river, freezing cold, January, and I felt so good. It was always on the overall plan um, to, uh, to do something like this. And then the opportunity just arose by be- me being down here. So are you taking every month as it comes now, or is there a bigger plan or a bigger goal at the minute? 
I take every day as it comes, honestly. Alan, I don't know what I'm doing in an hour, never mind, you know, tomorrow or a month's time. I kind of, and this is from, I suppose, being in recovery and one day at a time. And that's, I bring that kind of uh, ethos into everything I do. Let's just focus on the here and now. And I'm big into mindfulness now, and I try not to think too much about the past or the future. I just, like, this, me sitting here with you, Alan Clark, official, <laughs> on Keel Beach on the 12th of August, 2022, 26, 27 degree heat, sun beaming down on us, wild Atlantic ocean right in front of us, crashing in against uh, the sandy Keel Beach. Um, it's like this is all we have we don't have the next era we don't have the next day we don't have this is all we have and that's so so important and that's what mindfulness is I don't mean to be a bollocks now in, in saying this and I'll try and say it as, as as politically correct as possible but you are very privileged that you have the house down here and your parents have a house down here and you had the option to come here and I feel so bad for the man and the woman still in the apartment in Dublin with the window facing out onto the street, drinking a bottle of wine every evening, and they can't get out of Dublin. That's so difficult for them. Or not, maybe any city. You know, what do you say to those people that, that, are, that feel a bit trapped? Get the hell out. And just do it. It's easy to say it, though. Well, it's easy to do it as well. I mean, like, okay, mum and dad have the house here and I'm very grateful for that, but I'm renting... I'm not staying with mum and dad anymore. I'm actually renting a house here. And, uh, you know, so I suppose if people are tied down because of maybe they're tied to a business in Dublin, uh, well, if it's making you unhappy, why would you put yourself through that? I, I like... You honestly only live once. And, you know, do you want to spend your life... You know, drinking your bottle of wine a day and depressed as a depressed mess in this dark living room or do you want to savour and cherish every moment get the hell out if you're in some if you're in a situation that's making you unhappy get out you know yeah. what's your favourite thing about Ackle? the sauna did I mention I have a no, sauna no, here no no you're not <laughs> you're not allowed to mention the sauna anything but the sauna you had to pick one thing. I, I, I always, I've always wanted to live at the sea, looking out at the sea. I just like the vast expanse and openness of it. And uh, so if there's one thing that I really love about Ackle, well, I, I love everything, to be honest with you, about Ackle, but the one thing that stands out is the wild Atlantic Ocean. Like, I've done sea swimming in the East Coast and Port Marnock and everything. It's, like, it's grand, but it hasn't got a patch on the beaches here in Ackill, like the water out there, looking out there, that water is so crystal clear. And because if you look far out, you know, next stop out there is Boston. So that's the wild Atlantic. So it's immense and beautiful. This isn't an ad for Ackill, by the way, but uh, just around the corner there at uh, Kim Bay, that's spelled Keem Bay. But if you say if you say Keem around here, the locals go off the head. That has just won the ultra-clean water of Europe. So it's the cleanest water in Europe. And it's just around the corner here. How long are you single now, Paul? Mm, I suppose two, two to three years now. And are you looking to meet somebody? Or where are you at there at the moment? Oh, look, if somebody came along, I 
and there was a bit of chemistry and they were the right person I possibly be very grateful but like I'm not actively recruiting anybody at the moment uh, I'm um, very happy in my own company Alan I'm like in fact in many ways I prefer my dogs to humans in terms of you know company and I'm on Tinder I'm on you know all sorts of different apps uh, there aren't there's, there's pretty slim pickings down here in Ackle uh, <laughs> But uh, no, I'm not. I'm not looking for anybody, you know, at the moment. But if someone were to come along, I probably wouldn't say no. Why like, do you know someone? No, I don't know anyone. But I like the way you looked around there, and I wish we were recording this. And there's moments like that where I wish there was video because you looked around, you checked out the whole beach, and then you just said, "Well, it's pretty slim pickings here <laughs> because it's mostly all I can see is uh, families. It's just all families around us here at the moment. But it's lovely to be in that place where you're content being." in your own company, you know, and I don't like hearing when people say, oh, I choose to be single. This, I've, I've chosen this. This is me. I want to be single. And I hate to hear people saying that because I don't know if anyone really wants to be single. But at the same time, there is a lovely place where you can be comfortable being single and enjoying that moment until somebody comes along. And I think you're there. Absolutely. And anybody who says, who claims to have chosen to be single, like, I mean... They mustn't have much love in their heart. They must have quite a stone-cold heart because, you know, if the right person comes along, well, then that's it, isn't it? You're not going to say, actually, no, you are perfect for me. I can see myself getting married to you, having many kids and two and a half kids and, you know, a Range Rover Sport in the leafy suburbs of D4 and whatnot. But uh, to be honest with you, I prefer to be single. I found you really interesting and I really appreciate the time you took to talk to me and I just met you yesterday and like I said earlier on, I, I kind of thought you'd be a little bit harder to talk to and you have been one of the easiest people to talk to that I've ever spoken to because, you know, nothing's off the table, you're, you're an open book mm. and I can see like behind the, behind that bad person that traumatises people across the road from the White Moose Cafe there's actually kindness and you're a really nice guy well thank you very much are you flirting with me Alan? <laughs> no I'm not <laughs> thank you very much Alan and, uh, and the feeling is mutual and you never know I would actually love to start my own podcast someday so you never know you might be a guest on my podcast one day well I'll hold you to that and the best of luck with your sauna where can people find more details online? Savna.ie You're going to have to spell that out for us now. S-A-B-H-N-A dot I-E <laughs> Can you do a little jingle there, just off the cuff? Sing us a song, I'm the sauna man. Oh, here, hang on. So start again. I'm going to count you in now. You're going to do me... You're going to sing your own jingle. Three, two, one. Sing us a song, you're the sa- I'm the sauna man. Sing us a song today. Well, we're here on Keel Beach and the sun is out. And I'm feeling very gay. (laughs) (laughs) Gay, obviously, happy. And not anything to do with my sexual orientation. Bye-bye now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for viewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let BRB Homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie